This morning, we are going to delve into lament prayer. And if you're not new to Tri-Valley, you might go, oh yeah, that's that thing that we do uh, every once in a while. That's a little bit strange. It's a little bit different. It's a little bit more on the dark side because it's, it's the cry of the oppressed. It's the cry of those who are, are in pain, those who are suffering. And it's the language that we see in scripture that teaches us to cry out to God even if it means being brutally honest. And even if it sounds irreverent, even if it sounds accusing toward the God in whom we're supposed to have trust, it is a faithful way to take our griefs and our hurts and our troubles before the Lord. So that's what we're going to be doing some today. It might be a little bit different than what you're used to. You may notice that our songs are going to move from a place of trouble and of crying out to God, and then we're gradually going to move toward a place of praise and trust, because that's what laments do. We don't stay in the pit. We always look outside from our troubles, and we trust in God. But I'll talk more about that in a minute. I want to begin with this uh, video. We'll listen to a song together, and then we'll do some lamenting together. What did you say? Leah says, that was weird. <laughs> you might be thinking that yourself. One time when, I, when Lisa and I were first married and I was working and living in New Jersey, I got really sick, really, really, really sick. And I was just up all night, uh, all the gross bathroom stuff you can imagine. Uh, I woke up, or I didn't sleep all night, I was up the whole time, and sun came up and I said, I probably should go to the emergency room. This is terrible. I feel worse than I've ever felt before. I don't know what's gonna happen. We better get some medical help. So Lisa's driving me to the emergency room and I realized, oh, I should probably call my, my work and say I'm not gonna be in. I call, I call a lady in my group named Christine. She answers, oh, Jacob, good morning, how are you doing? And I said, oh, I'm doing good. <laughs> actually, I'm not. I'm actually doing worse than I've ever been before. But my instinct, as with any just casual social interaction, was to say I'm good, how are you? But I very quickly corrected myself because I had to report, oh, I'm terrible and I'm not going to be in the office and that's why I'm calling. I feel like that sometimes happens when we come to worship. What if everything is awful? What if your world is crashing down and someone says, how are you today, brother? Oh, I'm good. It's a great day. Glad to be here. I, I understand why we do that. And we create this environment sometimes that says, put on a smile even if you don't mean it. But the language that we find in Scripture tells us that God's people have a history, and I would even call it a healthy history, of being able to take what is wrong in our lives and not compartmentalize it and separate it from our faith, but to integrate it and say, those things are the things that we should bring before God and say, Lord, I know that you already know but where are you? What are you going to do about this? Shouldn't things be different? Shouldn't there be more justice? Shouldn't I have been healed by now? Shouldn't you have heard and answered our prayers? Israel did this in their worship. God's people, uh, there's evidence of this. Over two-thirds of the Psalms in the book of Psalms, 150 Psalms, are Psalms of Lament. They're like, wow, that's, that's where we get a lot of our praise songs and our rejoicing and our thanksgiving. Yes, that's true. But there's a lot of question marks in the book of Psalms. Where are you, Lord? Why, Lord? How long is this going to happen? That is the language of lament. 
Israel believed that God was big enough and tough enough and strong enough to handle their true concerns. And that's why every so often I want us to have a lament service. Uh, if it makes you uncomfortable, maybe it should. Because we are conditioned to look on the bright side. And even when someone does say, oh, you know what? Actually, I'm not good. I'm terrible. That makes us uncomfortable. And we want to be quick to turn them toward the bright side. Hey, guess what? But, you know, Christ is risen. Jesus is on the throne. Isn't, doesn't that count for something? It absolutely does. But it tends to invalidate our grief and our pain. And I think we can take a page from Israel's book and say, you know what? It's okay to feel these things. It's okay to express these things. It's okay to talk about these things. And the appropriate place to take these concerns is before the throne of God. The song, Everything is Awful, sounds like a lament, but it isn't, because it's just complaining. It's just me saying, ah, everything's awful, and we all know people who kind of tend toward the cynical side. A lament is taking those frustrations and specifically saying, God, I'm bringing them to you because I trust in you. So we're going to talk a little bit more about the structure of a lament, and later on, you're all going to get the chance to write parts of a lament today. Uh, if you are a young person and you're joining us, I want you to grab a post-it note, and I want you to draw two things for me. I want you to draw a picture of one thing that you like and one thing that you don't like, okay? That's you, Leah. Uh, there's pencils and pens and under your chairs and up there on the table. Draw a picture of one thing you like and one thing you don't like. Let's uh, go into a spirit of lament this morning with our songs, and you'll hear it in our scriptures and even around the communion table. So, praise team, lead us, if you would, please. Yeah. In need of grace, in need of love, in need of mercy raining down from high above. In need of strength, in need of peace, in need of things that only you can give to me. In need of Christ, the perfect Lamb, my refuge strong, the great I this is my song, my humble plea. I am your child, I am in need. In need of grace, in need of love, in need of mercy raining down from high In need of peace, in need of things that only you can give to me. In need of Christ, the perfect Lamb, my refuge strong, my great this is my song, my humble plea. I am your child, I am in need. In need of Christ, 
the perfect love, my refuge strong, the great I am, this is my song, my humble plea, I am your child, I am in need, I am your child. I am in need. Teach me, Lord, to wait right down on my knees till in your own good time you answer shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Teach me, Lord. Teach Hide me away, O Lord. Hide me away, O Lord. In the day of trouble, neath the shadow of your wings. Hide me away, O Lord. Give me your peace, 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 O Lord. Safe in your dwelling place. Safe in your dwelling place. In the day of trouble, neath the shadow of your wings. Safe in your dwelling place. So hide me away, O Lord. Hide me away, O Lord. Hide me away, O Lord. 
Psalm 13, 1 through 6. How long, Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts and day after day have sorrow in my heart? How long will my enemy triumph over me? Look on me and answer, Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep in death. And my enemy will say, I have overcome him. And my foes will rejoice when I fall. But I trust in your unfailing love. My heart rejoices in your salvation. I will sing the Lord's praise, for he has been good to me. Only by grace can we enter, only by grace can we stand, not by our human endeavor, but by the blood of the Lamb. Into your presence you call us, you call us to come, into your presence you draw. And now by your grace we come. Only by grace can we enter. Only by grace can we stand. Not by our human endeavor, but by the blood of the Lamb. Into your presence you call us. You call to come into your presence you draw us and now by your grace we come and now by your grace we come Lord if you mark our transgressions who would stand thanks to your grace we are cleansed by the blood transgressions who would stand thanks to your grace we are cleansed by the blood of the Lamb so only by grace can we enter only by grace can we stand not by our human endeavor but by the blood of the Lamb, into your presence you call us, you call us to come. So into your presence you draw us, and now by your grace we come, and now by your grace we come. And now by your grace we come. Uh, as, I, as I mentioned before, lament uh, is the language of Israel. And it's a, a language that Jesus knew and used as well. Now we come to the time in our worship service where we're going to remember Jesus uh, by taking 
communion. If you didn't get one of these cups on your way in, there's, there's some over there in the lobby. You're welcome to grab one now. In just a moment, we're going to eat the bread, which is the body of Christ, and drink the juice, the blood of Jesus. But I want, as we remember Jesus this morning, and as we're thinking about lament, we want to remember also that Jesus was a human. Jesus was fully divine, but he was also fully human, and he experienced the human emotions and concerns and well, those two things <laughs> that we do. And we see this in the passage of Gethsemane before Jesus was arrested. After the, the Passover meal that he shared with his disciples, he went to a place to pray. And he invited them to pray with him. And we get an idea of what was going through Jesus' mind as he knew he would be arrested, knew he was going to face the cross. It says this in Matthew 26. Then Jesus went with his disciples to a place called Gethsemane, and he said to them, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee along with him. And he began to be sorrowful and troubled. And then he said to them, my soul is overwhelmed with sorrow to the point of death. Stay here and keep watch with me. Going a little farther, he fell with his face to the ground and prayed, Father, if it is possible... May this cup be taken from me, and yet not as I will, but as you will. And we also hear the language of lament as Jesus is hanging on the cross. We're told that Jesus, while he was, after he'd been beaten, after he had been nailed to the cross, hung in place, he cried out the words, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Which may sound like, a moment of weakness or a time when Jesus had lost faith in God. But actually, he's quoting Psalm 22, which is an expression of lament. And the beginning of that psalm reads, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me and so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. The psalm goes on back and forth between expressions of pain crying out to God, and then expressions of trust. And then it says in verse 19, But you, Lord, do not be far from me. You are my strength. Come quickly to help me. Deliver me from the sword, my precious life from the power of the dogs. Rescue me from the mouth of the lions and save me from the horns of the wild oxen. So when we lament and when we read prayers of lament from Scripture, it may seem doubting, it may seem disrespectful to God. It may seem irreverent. But what we see in the example of Christ is that it's not because ultimately our laments are an expression of trust and hope and praise toward God. That God does hear us. Confidence that God knows our concerns in one way or another. He will be there for us. He will provide for us. So as we remember Jesus this morning, remember his sacrifice, let's remember his mindset that even though he was going through the most excruciating agony of anyone's life, he turned his thoughts toward these lament psalms that ultimately say, Lord, your will be done. Lord, I am in your hands. Let's pray together, and then let's take the bread and drink the juice. God, we thank you for the salvation we have in Christ. We thank you for his willingness to go to the cross. We thank you for the empty tomb the good news of the resurrection and the celebration that goes along with that. 
But Lord, we know that before Easter Sunday, there was what we call Good Friday. And it was anything but good for Jesus. We remember his agony. We remember his pain. But this morning, we also remember that he directed those cries to you as he was taught and as you would have us do. So Lord, we lift our own pain up to you this morning. We lift our own struggles, knowing that if there's any good place to take the things that are wrong in our lives, it's to the God who knows us and loves us, who created us, and who cares enough to do something about it. God, we thank you for Jesus, and we pray this prayer in his name. Amen. I have two. I got a twofer. This is the body of Christ that was broken for you. and the blood of Jesus that was shed on our behalf. As I mentioned before, we're now going to give you guys a chance to write your own prayers of lament. We see a lot of the same structure in the prayers of lament from the Psalms. It always begins with a cry to God. As I said before, it's not a lament if it's not aimed at God. Maybe it's just griping. Maybe it's just, ah, what's, what's going on? I don't understand it, or just sadness, but when we aim those why questions, you got it, thank you, at God, we're on our way to lament. So one of the first elements of a lament is addressing God directly. Those, those, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Lord, why are you so far off? Lord, why do you hide your, your face from me? Oh, you can go, you can go do it. So what we're going to do in a moment, you guys, you have these post-its, and we did want our young people to draw something that is something they want, something they like, and something they don't like. And you're welcome to do this as well, but the grown-up version is more taking the four elements of the lament we're going to talk about this morning and expressing that in your own words, addressing God and saying, Lord, where are you in my hurt? Lord, I need you. Some, some way to address God and bring your concerns before him. And in a moment, I'm going to have you take whatever that is that you wrote from your post-it, and I'm going to want you to walk over toward that back section of the, of the auditorium where it says why and how long and when, and I want you to stick those there for two reasons. One, we're going to see that lament is kind of a progression from crying out to God, expressing our complaints and what is broken in the world around us and in our own lives. And that's we're going to kind of make our way around the room. We're going to go from, from the pit, we're going to go to a place of hope, and then it's going to work its way back there toward where we end up in a place of trust and we express praise toward God, even though things have not necessarily been resolved. And if you're joining us online, you also can go ahead and uh, write out these laments. You can write it in the chat, you can write it on your own and just meditate on what it is 
God's putting on your heart. But that's the first element, is just we bring it before God. We address God directly. And then another element that you'll often see in a lament is the complaint. This is the what is wrong. God, my enemies are prospering. Faithful people are suffering while immoral people are being successful. That is what's wrong. Lord, I have chronic pain. Lord, I have an illness that's not going away. That is wrong. I want it to be better, but I can't seem to find relief. Whatever it is, whatever is broken in your life, in the lives of the people around you, in the lives of the world, Lord, there's injustice. People are not getting the justice they need in our courts. Our world is broken. Our world has turned its back on you. Whatever it is, that's another element that I'd like you to write down and put in your own words. For our kids, that might be the thing that you don't like. Leah over here, while we were singing, she wrote, uh, she drew a picture of salmon, and she said, Lord, I don't like to eat salmon. I think it's gross, but sometimes I have to eat it for dinner. So Leah, you would take your drawing of salmon, and you would go stick it on the what's wrong wall over there. A third element is what we want God to do about it. God, my enemies are prospering. I want you to take care of them. I want you to raise up your faithful people. I want you to rescue people who are suffering. And I want you to crumble the empires of the unfaithful. That seems like the right thing to do. I want you to reward those who are faithful. And I want you to punish those who are doing evil and getting away with it. Whatever it happens to be in your life. Lord, this is the change I want to see happen. And there's a section over here on this side of the room that where it says, Lord, will you, dot, 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 and you fill in the blank yourself. Lord, this specifically is what I want to have happen in my life, in the life of my grandchildren, in the life of the people that I care about, in our community, in our society, whatever it is. So we begin by addressing God, then we state in specific terms what is wrong, what we don't want to see happen. And over here, this is what we do want to see happen. And sometimes in the lament, we, we persuade God. We say, God, don't you want to see this happen too? It says things like, God, you're faithful, and I want the world to see how faithful you are. So it's almost like talking God into it as though we need to do that. It's kind of a curious little element of the lament. But if you're a kid and you drew a picture, this is where you post a picture of what you do want to see happen in your world. Leah wants to see salmon done away with in her world. But the thing that she drew that she does want to see more of is macaroni and cheese. So you can post your mac and cheese over there. And then the last element that I want to emphasize, there's different ways that you can slice a lament. But we're going to look at just the four components this morning. Address, the complaint, the what we want God to do about it. And then finally, an expression of faith and trust. Lord even if this doesn't happen, even if we don't see the justice right away, even if you don't respond to my prayer in my time or in my way, I'm still going to trust in you. You are still faithful. You have still been the God of ages who has been trustworthy and faithful throughout all generations. And I want you to write an expression of that faith and trust. Even if it's hard to mean it. Even if you go, I know I'm supposed to say this, but I'm not really feeling it. It's a reminder that even if this isn't where I feel like I'm at, this is still true. I've seen this in the community of faith. I've learned that God is trustworthy. We say, God, you are faithful. God, help me to trust in you. 
Lord, teach me to wait. Whatever it is, write down an expression of that and post it over there on this back wall where it says praise and trust. That's what I want you guys to, well, actually first, I was going to read another example of a psalm. See if you can identify these four elements in this psalm of lament from Psalm uh, chapter 10. And one more thing I want you to pay attention to is just how specific the specific is. The psalms of lament don't pull any punches. Sometimes they say things like, God, break the teeth of my enemies. I want them to suffer. And we think, well, that's not very nice. That's not polite. That's not uh, what Jesus said we ought to do. And maybe it's not, but that's honestly how we're feeling about the evil that's happening around us. That's something that you'll see in the Psalms of Lament as well. But here, uh, let me read Psalm 10. Listen for these four elements, the address, the complaint, what we want God to do, and expressions of praise and trust. And then we're going to give you about 10 minutes or so to write and then get up and post uh, on the appropriate wall your expressions of lament. Psalm 10 sounds like this. Why, Lord, do you stand far off? Why do you hide yourself in times of trouble? In his arrogance, the wicked man hunts down the weak who are caught in the schemes he devises. He boasts about the cravings of his heart. He blesses the greedy and reviles the Lord. In his pride, the wicked man does not seek him. In all his thoughts, there is no room for God. His ways are always prosperous. Your laws are rejected by him. He sneers at all his enemies. He says to himself, nothing will ever shake me. He swears no one will ever do me harm. His mouth is full of lies and threats. Trouble and evil are under his tongue. His lies in, he lies in wait near the villages from ambush. He murders the innocent. His eyes watch in secret for his victims. Like a lion in cover, he lies in wait. He lies in wait to catch the helpless. He catches the helpless and drags them off in his net. His victims are crushed. They collapse. They fall under his strength. And he says to himself, God will never notice. He covers his face and never sees us. Arise, Lord. Lift up your hand, O God. Do not forget the helpless why does the wicked man revile God? Why does he say to himself, he won't call me to account? But you, God, see the trouble of the afflicted. You consider their grief and take it in hand. The victims commit themselves to you. You are the helper of the fatherless. Break the arm of the wicked man. Call the evildoer to account for his wickedness. That would not otherwise be found out. The Lord is king forever and ever. The nations will perish from his hand. You, Lord, hear the desire of the afflicted. You encourage them and you listen to their cry, defending the fatherless and the oppressed so that mere earthly mortals will never again strike terror. So, consider the lament. Consider your own lament in your own life and take the next few moments, write out uh, an address to God, post it in the... Uh, the address section, a complaint, post it, and you can do more than one on your post-it, or you can do more than one post-it. Uh, this is a space for you to let, let out whatever's in there. Put that on the what's wrong wall, and then what we want God to do about it on the Lord will you section over here. But ultimately, don't neglect the yet, I will trust you, Lord. You are faithful. We will trust in you together. So take the next few moments and uh, work on that.
depths of my soul I cry out. From the depths of my soul I cry out. Psalm 6, 1 through 10. Lord, do not rebuke me in your anger or discipline me in your wrath. Have mercy on me, Lord, for I am faint. Heal me, Lord, for my bones are in agony. My soul is in deep anguish. How long, Lord, how long? Turn, Lord, and deliver me. Save me because of your unfailing love. Among the dead, no one proclaims your name. Who praises you from the grave? I am worn out from my groaning. All night long, I flood my bed with weeping and drench my couch with tears. My eyes grow weak with sorrow. They fail because of all my foes away from me, all you who do evil. For the Lord has heard my weeping. The Lord has heard my cry for mercy. The Lord accepts my prayer. All my enemies will be overwhelmed with shame and anguish. They will turn back and suddenly be put to shame. Hello, Lord. Will you forget me? Hello. Lord. 
Must I wrestle with my thoughts and every day? Have such sorrow in my heart? Look on me and answer. Psalm 3, 1 through 8. Lord, how many are my foes? How many rise up against me? Many are saying of me, God will not deliver him. But you, Lord, are a shield around me, my glory, the one who lifts my head high. I call out to the Lord. 
and he answers me from his holy mountain. I lie down and sleep. I wake again because the Lord sustains me. I will not fear, though tens of thousands assail me on every side. Arise, Lord, deliver me, my God. Strike all my enemies on the jaw. Break the teeth of the wicked. From the Lord comes deliverance. May your blessing be on your people. There was, if you read the Psalms of Lament, you'll notice a lot of them are communal laments. Some of them are individual. Lord, save me. Lord, my enemy seeks me. Um, But a lot of them is the community as a whole. Lord, save us. And that's why I'm glad to see all the post-its on these walls. This is a communal expression of what is going on in our lives. And I want you to be able to see and read what other people have written. So I'll I'll leave these up for, I don't know, maybe a week or two uh, if they stay, if the stickiness doesn't run out. But um, it's important to know what's going on with folks. And if you are that person who shows up in church and someone says, hey, how's it going? And you feel like the knee-jerk response has to be, I'm great, best day ever. But if that's not true, uh, don't, don't say that. I I hereby give everyone permission to say, well, you know what? Everything is awful. But God is faithful, and we're keeping our eyes on him. And to the person who still comes to worship, knowing that a lot of our songs are going to be like upbeat and jubilant and positive, silver lining kinds of songs, that takes a lot of courage. It takes a lot to to do that. And so there's... A lot of faithfulness there. But let's be good about creating space for people to not be okay and say, we don't have to have everything figured out, but praise God that he does. And through Christ, we always have hope. There's always a movement toward restoration. Even in this life, when things are as good as they can possibly get, we're still moving toward um, being new creations in Christ. Uh, At this time, I want to share some prayer requests, and I'll lead us in a prayers for one another. I got a couple specific prayer updates this last week I'll share with you. One of them comes from Wade Skinner. As you may have heard in the last couple weeks, the news they got about Sylvia, not good. Um, But that means that her chemotherapy uh, treatments are going to be a little more aggressive. He writes, thanks again for the prayers and thoughts. As Sylvia undergoes treatments, the chemotherapy regimen started this last Wednesday, and the radiation begins on the 3rd of August. This round has been especially rough, and we anticipate the side effects will get worse. Please pray for healing, strength, and comfort to tolerate the treatments. God bless Wade and Sylvia Skinner. So please keep those folks in your prayers. Um, And then we got an update from Justin Garza on behalf of the Garza family, who... um, Moved up to Washington on Friday. He says, to our church family, Trish, Jasmine, and I all arrived safely to our new rental home in Lacey, Washington. We trekked somewhere around 760 miles with a three-car caravan with a dog and two parrots. 
We spent uh, the night in Eugene trying to sleep in awkward positions in our driver's seats because the cars were packed so full. It's quite a journey. We had a lot of fun along the way. We even got to stop and visit Kai in Sacramento on our way out. We also wanted to send out a huge thank you to our church family who took it upon yourselves to take up a collection as an offering to help fund our travel and cover our gas expenses. We're truly humbled by how you've continued to show your love to us in so many generous ways. We can never pay you back, but we certainly are going to do our very best to pay it forward. We feel very commissioned by God and by you, and we are praying for open eyes to be aware of the ministry God sets before us. Thank you so much. And he writes, uh, praises, above uh, all of the above that was mentioned, but praise God for safe travels, fun family bonding, uh, a nice new rental with good jobs lined up. That is a blessing for sure. And then prayer requests that our entire residency, identity, and time living in Washington has Jesus as, as the core foundation for everything we do and that God would help place us with a body of believers where we can grow and that he would make firm our next steps. So that's a message from the Garzas. Um, let's lift up these prayer requests and some others as we pray for one another. Lord, we thank you that you hear us. We thank you for being a God who is everywhere, who knows everything. And even though you already know the, the concerns and the troubles, the requests that we bring before you, uh, we are glad that you still want us to do that. You still want us to have a relationship with you. And we want to be close, and we want to be open, and we want to be honest, and we thank you that you invite us into that relationship of prayer. We want to lift up the Garza family, and we want to lift up Wade and Sylvia Skinner and pray that you provide for them, that you hold them close, that you give them what they need. Along with that, we want to continue praying for John Rogers, for Sarah Bevington's Uncle David, uh, for those of our congregation who are grieving recent losses, um, Joe Curtis, Roger Richardson and family, the Ranieri's, the Bearings, um, and June. Lord, we lift up Joyce McLean's daughter, Shana, and her uh, diabetes. We pray for health, especially uh, with little Henry on the way in September. Keep her well, make her pregnancy go uh, extremely well, and just continue to take care of that family and hold them close. We lift up Jan and Al, uh, and Julia Ryle's brother and sister-in-law, and continue prayers for those who are um, recovering from recent operations and illnesses. And Lord, we lift up the things we don't know about, the things that are they're so bad or so private that people dare not make public. We know that you know these darknesses in people's lives and these hurts and these pains, and we pray that they can come to the surface and that as we learn to lament and come to you and increase our trust in you, that uh, we would become more faithful we lift up this congregation, that we can be faithful in all opportunities and that we will not hide or shrink away from the darkness around us or in people's lives, but that we will run to the darkness with the light of Christ and we will proclaim a message of hope, of faith, and trust in you because of Jesus and because of the empty tomb. I pray all of these things in his holy name. Amen.
If you have your own requests that you want to be made known, if you want the congregation to pray about, you can always do that. One way we have to do that is to write them out on a prayer card that are available in the lobby and just slam dunk them in the basket there. Or you can go to our website, send them to the church office, and we'll send those requests out to the congregation each week via email. But now I want to invite you all as we move from that place of uh, despair and of hope and of pain into a place of trust and, and praise toward God. I want to invite you to stand as we sing these last two songs.